big hand. Come on. Ah, hallelujah. If you're thankful you got a God called pastor, let's give God a big hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We give honor to your pastor, your bishop, to the ministry team that is here, and to you saints of God. We thank God for you. And uh, we're believing the Lord for a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Everybody said amen. If you got your Bibles, let's turn to some scriptures. 2 Thessalonians 1 and 1. 2 Thessalonians 1 and verse 1. And 2 Timothy 4. 10 through 13. 2 Timothy 4, 10 through 13. Give honor to all the ministry here on the platform. Love them all very much. Great men. Second Timothy 4 and 10. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Christians to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for ministry. And Tychius have I sent to Ephesus, the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parchments. Second Thessalonians 1 and 1, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus under the church in the Thessalonians in God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to preach tonight there is a church in Thessalonica there is a church in Thessalonica would you turn to three people and say thank God for the church amen 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 thank you Jesus the Lord bless you and you may be seated in the name of the Lord It is obvious that the great apostle Paul loved this man Demas. He had deep feelings for him and there are deep feelings of pain that can be felt and almost heard when you just read the text. For Demas hath forsaken me. Philemon's, Philemon 1 and 24 says, Marcus Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. Fellow laborers is synergios in the Greek. It means companion or work fellow coming from a word that means to be together but closer than. It is meta, it is modified. It's closer than close. They were close-knit and shoulder to shoulder. 
ministry team headed the same way, focused, everybody say focused, on the purpose. Demas hath forsaken me. In the Greek it is interpreted, he hath abandoned me. Left me in a desert. Left me in straits. Left me helpless. Means to leave in a lurch or to let one down. Not only had he left the great apostle Paul as far as fellowship was concerned, but he had left him in a lurch so far as the work of the gospel was concerned. He had been one of Paul's dependable and trusted helpers. The word was also used by Jesus while on the cross. He used the word forsaken. Listen to Matthew 27 and 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Left me in a lurch. Hebrews 13 and 5 says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things that you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor will I leave you in a lurch. God says, I'll never leave you. I'll never leave you short. I'll never leave you in straits. I'll never leave you helpless. I'll never abandon you. I'll never let you down. The definition is I won't let one down. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight, but I've come with tremendous focus to tell someone you don't need to leave now. You don't need to backslide now. You don't need to walk away now. You don't need to leave the Lord in a lurch. The Greek is very strong, stronger than the English word. It's made up of three words, lepo, kata, en, which means to leave down and that is to forsake one who is in a set of circumstances that are against him. Paul was in his last prison. He was gonna die in a few days. And a man that had traveled with him as a helper, as a soldier, as a cadet in ministry, left him. It was a cruel blow to Paul. Right to the last moment, his intense nature impelled him to do what he could in the service of the Lord. He was awaiting the executioner's acts and now one he had trusted and depended on let him down. Paul was in prison. His freedom of action and travel was cut off and here was one who had liberty. 
He had liberty. But now he deserted the apostle. Christian work, the building of the church through evangelism and outreach. He left the apostle high and dry. He described it all. He deserted it all for what Paul called the world. That world which the theologian Trench defines as the floating mass of thoughts, opinions, maxims, speculations, hopes, impulses, aims, aspirations, at any time current in the world, which is impossible to seize and accurately define, but which constitutes a most real and effective power, being moral and immoral, or immoral atmosphere, which at every moment of our lives we inhale, and again, inevitably, we exhale. The subtle informing spirit of the world of men who are living alienated and apart from God. Demas loved all of that. He prized it highly. Therefore, he set his affection, his heart upon it. It was the spirit of the age that had got a hold of him. We don't know exactly what the details are of his leaving and what he had done or what he was doing when he left. All we read is he left. Paul had warned in Colossians 3 and 2, set your affections on things above, not on things in this earth. He adds, only Luke is with me. The physician focused his ministry and ability on the care of God's man in his final days. He was a Greek doctor leaving his practice to be a personal physician to the itinerant preacher, Apostle Paul. He had been through hardships and privations, dangers and toils and snares, stonings and scourgings and beatings, but Luke was with him. Weiss translates the verse, for Demas let me down, having set a high value upon this present age and thus has come to love it. You need to watch out what you give value to. I'm trying to walk gentle tonight, but I've come clear with a message from the Lord to say to everybody here, be very careful what you give a lot of credit to what you place a lot of value in. Because he may have been with Paul all the years of his ministry, but right at the end, right when the apostle needed him the most, he didn't just leave Paul. He left the church. Where did he go? Bible said he went to Thessalonica. When I read it, Pastor, it just jumped off of the page to me. Thessalonica. I've read this, had this verse. I mean, they preached it at Bible school. Pastor preached it. Demas hath forsaken me. Pastor preached, don't be Demas. I was 15, 16 years old. Man, he preached. Altars filled up. People screaming and praying and crying. Where did he go? Read it for years. 
And then the other day I was reading it. He left for Thessalonica. What, what is it that jumped out at me? First Thessalonians 1 and 1. Under the church of the Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians 1 and 1. Under the church of the Thessalonians. What jumped out at me was Demas left Paul in a lurch, having loved this present world system, spirit, and its aura. But where he went, he was headed for Thessalonians. Maybe wanting to get away from the church, the ministry, eldership, responsibility. But when I read he left for Thessalonica, it hit me the other day. Where he left for, there was a church there. I said where he left for, there was a church there. What I've come to preach to somebody, number one, you may be leaving, you may be in a backslid state, but I want you to know there's a church here. I said, there's a church here. I don't know what city you're from, but I'd be willing to bet there's a church within 20 miles of you. Hey Amen. you may be backslid tonight, but there is a church here. Touch somebody around you and tell them there's a church here. What kind of church is it, Brother Godwin? It's a church with people that stand with the man of God. I said there are people that stand with the man of God. These are valuable people. They're people that support the man of God. They're valuable people. They're people that are loyal to the church. They're valuable people. Let me just say to you that the pastor, your bishop, is God's man and he's your shepherd. And he's valuable to you. I said, that's your shepherd sitting over there. That's God's man. You know God put him here. God's gave him his heart. It's God's man. It's God's man. Because you're here tonight, I can tell you, you're on the incline just by being here. By being here, you're on the increase. By being, by coming to church tonight, sir, ma'am, you're taking a step up, not another step down. Why? Because you're here with God's man who carries God's plan and God's purpose. Let me, I'm, I'm, the Holy Ghost is holding me up. Amen, you've got, a, um, you've got a pastor that's got the heart of God in him. I'm talking the heart of God. His being here is supernatural. His being pastor here is supernatural. His being bishop here is supernatural. Look at somebody and tell them, my pastor is here supernaturally. Supernatural. Now has seven churches under the covering of his ministry. And they're meeting with another one tonight. I want everybody to understand that the man of God that fills this pulpit as your bishop and pastor is God's man. I said he's God's man.
Young people, you need to look at that little man sitting over there. That's God's man. God speaks to him. He's got God's heart. You ought to listen to everything he says. You can be seated, and I know it'd be easier if mom and dad listened to him. Mom and dad, if you only understood the power that you carry just by what you say at the house or what you say in the car on your way home from church or after church is over. You need to hear me tonight. You may be disappointed, a little upset, but if you had any sense at all, you would never raise your mouth up in a negative way against your pastor. You would speak highly of him. You wouldn't let any of that go on in your house. You can be seated. I didn't get I didn't get the Holy Ghost June 27, 1978. I was 16 years old. I sought the Holy Ghost, sought the Holy Ghost, sought the Holy Ghost. Finally got it at youth camp. My pastor man, he was like God incarnate to me. My mom and dad never one time, never one time did I ever hear them say a negative word about the church or one negative word about the bishop. Not one time. I was in Bible school, got to preach out in my third year. They, Brother North sent me out to preach. Somebody called and he sent me to preach. And I was standing there on the platform after I'd got done soaking wet. And uh, I was standing there and a lady came up on the platform just kind of, we, we was talking, just kind of bumped me out of the way and I just stood back about two feet. And when I did, come here, Brother Nehemiah. I mean, when I did, she went, now, Pastor, I want to tell you. She did that. I backed up just like that. I literally expected God, wham, to strike her with lightning. She was hollering at him. She had poked him in the chest, and I backed up. I was three feet away, but I got about 10 feet away. I said, God, I kept looking. And God didn't strike her. You know why? Because God's a God of mercy. But let me tell you something. Hey, man, my mom and dad never said one word against the pastor. Never said one word against the church. Not one time did they ever say it. You say it don't matter. I just talked to my mom in your office. And she said, Greg, you wouldn't believe what happened Sunday morning with your dad and brother Whalen. I said, what? My dad's uh, 85 years old, uh, on his way to 86, down to about 120 pounds. Got a pinched nerve in his back. They can't fix it. He hurts all the time, goes to church when he can. He went to church this last Sunday morning, which normally Sunday mornings he never goes because he just can't get up out of bed and everything. But he went, and when they got done with preaching, my dad hobbled him out on his couch up to the side of the altar. Sister Patty, Trent, Brother Whalen's daughter came down and prayed with him crying and then my mom looked up and when she did, Brother Whalen, who's in the advanced stages of his Alzheimer's, walked up to my dad and said, Frank, I love you and reached up and laid hands on him and started praying with him. You won't ever, amen, get away from a pastor that loves you. Even if there's Alzheimer's, a pastor knows the sheep that are his. Tell somebody to say, thank God for our pastor. You can be seated. The Bible doesn't say Demas did the implorable sin, the impardonable sin. It doesn't say that he lied to the Holy Ghost. It doesn't say that he blasphemed. But all it says is he left. He quit. He ran off. Stopped pursuing. Walked out on God's plan.
Paul didn't say. He's cut off with no chance to get back and be saved. He didn't say demons blaspheme God. He's out cursed. Doesn't say anywhere, Demas, you can't come back. Paul didn't say what he did. He didn't say if it was the drugs of the day that finally got him or the whiskey or the alcohol of the day. It just says he left having loved this present world. A minister, somebody on the team, I, I didn't feel this till just now hit me. A minister, all the ministry in the church stand. You're on Bishop's team. I've bragged on y'all all over the United States. I've said when your pastor became pastor here, I said he came and he got a church that had men that were just a click or two away from full qualified for ministry because of the training Brother Ferris put in and your own character and your integrity and all of that. I said they were unbelievable. And in just a few years, the Lord started anointing men, sending them overseas, sending them to Peru and wherever the place it was over, overseas. Uh, amen. What, what was it God doing? Amen. God, amen, was showing you that God's got a man that's going to not just keep ministry to himself, but he wants it to expand. He wants you to get some. He wants the elders to get some. He wants you to, he wants Brother Nehemiah to get some. Come on, somebody. What I'm saying to you is we don't need a Demas. We don't need anybody to be a Demas. We need every one of you ministers to hold strong. Be faithful to your position. Be faithful to your ministry. Somebody lift your hands and say, we don't need a Demas. We don't need a Demas. Amen, we don't need a Demas. We need to be like this elder. He's faithful. I remembered him from two and a half years ago. I mean, he's always greeting me on the platform. And so I come back here to love on him. I love you, elder. Amen, this is what you want to be. You want to have both feet planted on the ground in the position that God has put you. You want to be planted with both feet on the ground. You don't want to be looking for advancement. Come on, somebody. Tell somebody I'm not going any higher. Tell them I'm content right where I'm at. Now, some of you didn't do it. Tell somebody I'm content right where I'm at. Amen. I'm content right here in the ministry of my man here. I just realized, Lord, have mercy. Look at you. You the boom shakalaka. <laughs> just over two and a half years ago or so, you was just getting prayed through real good, you and your pretty wife. Amen. Now you've got ministry on you. Amen. He's new. He's young. But you want to stay right in your place. You want to stay right in your place. I said you want to stay right in your place. You don't want the spirit of leaving to get on you because you don't get pulpit time, I'm leaving. Because you didn't get the time to preach, you know, I'm leaving. Well, I hadn't preached in a year, so I'm leaving. Don't do that. The least amount of work that Bishop Scott's in this pulpit. The least amount of work he's got in that pulpit. I said the least amount of work he's got in that pulpit. You don't want to leave over a pulpit. You don't want to leave over, you don't get to preach, you don't get to teach. You don't want to leave over, I don't get to be seen. The devil is a lie. You want to see yourself as a member fitly framed together in the beautiful body of Christ. And if you leave your position, there's a cancer that breaks out. 
and I've come to sound an alarm in this church. Everybody hold your place. Don't anybody leave. We don't need a cancer in this church. Cut somebody and say, keep your place. Stay right where you are. Come on, lift your hands and praise the Lord a minute. Come on, young cadets. Come on, young ministers in training. Come on, evangelist. Come on, friend. Come on, preacher. Come on, lay preacher. You got to stay in your place. You got to curse those spirits that keep talking that trash to you about leaving and somebody's not being fair. The devil is alive. You don't want to leave for this present world. Stay there a long time. Name a whole list of things. You don't want to leave for a temporary high. A young man that left about eight years ago, nine, one of our great evangelists. God was highly anointing him. Many people were getting the Holy Ghost. Powerful preacher. Started getting calls. I mean, just nobody. Just like I was. Just nobody. I mean, I was just, I was a little kid from Oklahoma City. No preachers in my family. I wanted to play ball. Jump 31 inches off the ground, standing flat-footed. Just jump up and grab the rim. Played baseball 15 years of that. And I, I just knew the whole time. It just... I realized it after I got to Bible college. I, I re-dreamed a dream I had when I was a kid. You can be seated. Thank you. I was in the back of the tabernacle, open air tabernacle, and I told you about me praying through the other night, but in the dream I was in the very back of the tabernacle and there was somebody up there preaching. I could hear him just preaching, just getting at it. I couldn't see him. And I said, the more they preached, I started moving towards the front. And the closer I got to the front, the faster I went until just, it was like two or three minutes. It just slowly just started speeding up and it sped up right, right, just just to where the altar began. And when they did the big old pulpit at the camp was solid, you couldn't see through it. And I'd preach down, the preacher was preaching down like this. And then he came out and he went like this. And when he did, it was me. 15 years old when I had the dream. It came back to me when I was in Bible school. In a class with Brother Saban. The Holy Ghost fell in the oneness. He was teaching on the oneness. Holy Ghost was falling. The bell was about to ring. He stopped and he said, everybody be still. Listen. Be still, no noise. And the bell rang. And when it quit ringing, he said, all right, here's the last point. And he made the point on the oneness of God. And the class broke out weeping and crying. We stayed in that class for three hours in our yearbook. There's a picture in there. And you'll see us all locked in arm in arm. It was in that class. God confirmed to me, I need you. I said, God, I can't, I don't, I, I, I don't know anything. It was first year. God, I, I, I can't even quote any Bible verse. I can quote about five or six. I never paid attention. I didn't, I, I, I didn't know anything. God, I can't preach. I can't be like Brother Whalen. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. 
I'm preaching to people in here right now. God has talked with you for years about getting into church and being saved. I'm reaching for a backslider in here right now tonight. You may be watching over the internet. I'm talking to you right now. You're watching over the internet. I'm telling you God is calling you right now. You may have been backslid 10 years, 5 years, 2 years, or 25 years, but I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, God is calling you back to this church. He's telling you you need to get saved. I've got a work for you to do. Somebody ought to be praising God right now. There's some in this church, you need to get locked in. You need to quit playing around. Come on, lift your hands and praise the Lord. Can I tell you, it makes a difference that there's a church here. Paul left for Thessalonica, but when I read these two passages in First and Second Thessalonians, it hit me there was a church there. And I began to look through the scripture to see, maybe somebody missed something. Is there a mention of Paul even going to church? There's not a mention. But neither is there a mention that he died lost. I'm preaching to this church tonight. There are backsliders. There are backsliders, people that used to be here. That God is saying, I need you to be looking for them. There's backsliders that will move to a city like this out of a metroplex like New uh, uh, Columbus. They just backslide. They just move out to a little old town like this. Ain't no church here. It's poor, broke downtown, drug infested. Meth, meth, eating it up, barbiturates, eating it up, drug addictions. Come on, somebody. I've been here four days. I've seen more homeless people in this little town than I've seen in almost New Orleans, out where I live in the West Bank. I'm telling you the truth. What do you say? I mean, this is exactly the place God wants a church. This is exactly the place he wants saints like you. This is exactly the place he wants a thousand people filled with the Holy Ghost in this city. Why? Because everywhere you go, you got to keep your eyes open. Somebody's going to be sitting on a curb and they're going to look up and their eyes are going to get big and they're going to know by the way you dress. They're going to know because they'll feel the spirit of God in you. There's a church here. It makes a difference that there's a church here. It makes a difference this is a praying church. It makes a difference this is a church that really knows how to worship. Thank you all five of you that said amen, but it's still right. Amen, just fake it and act like you know what praise is. I said this is a church that knows how to praise God. This is a church that knows what good preaching is. This is a church that knows how to give and give sacrificially and give supernaturally. This is a church that knows how to do outreach. That's what this church is. This church is a church that knows what it is to strive to be holy. This is a church that knows it's an ecclesia. It's a separated church, meaning it's not of the world. It makes a difference that there's a one God church in this city. You can be seated. It makes a difference that you believe Jesus Christ is the almighty God. It makes a difference. It makes a difference that you believe that God didn't have to dumb himself down and give a little power to Jesus, then give a little power to the Holy Ghost in a descending triad of power and authority. The devil's a lie. The Bible says Jesus had all power, had all authority. 
Amen. It makes a difference that the fullness of the Godhead dwelled in Christ bodily. It makes a difference if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It makes a difference when he said, I and my Father are one. You can be seated. Don't get, don't get all well with that. Don't get all, and I can tell you being in the church is seized a little bit and you start running through verses like this. Okay, yeah, we know that. Okay, yeah. We know that. But there's a backslider in here today. They need to know that you still believe it. They need to know that you still love the one God message. They need to know that you still love the one God message and the new birth message. You must be born again of the water and spirit. They need to know that you believe in hell. They need to know that you believe in heaven. There are Demises in Zanesville within two, two hours of here, your furthest church, hour and a half or a little bit more. They need to know there's a city of refuge. There's an open door here. We are open for Demas to come back to God. We're open for Demas. Touch somebody next to you and say, we're open for Demas. He left for Thessalonica. Let me tell somebody, if you think you can run away from this, I want to preach to you that when you get wherever you're going, the chances are very high that somewhere close by where you end up, there's going to be an apostolic church there. I'm telling you now. That's why we're all going to be without excuse. We're all going to be without a witness because some city you go to, you're going to turn a corner. Maybe you made a wrong turn and you're having to turn around. And when you turn that corner, you're going to see a sign that says one God apostolic. You're going to see a sign that says United Pentecostal Church or Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ or Pentecost Assemblies of the World or Oneness Pentecostals. You're going to see it because there's a church everywhere you go. I want to tell somebody, you may be here tonight. This may be the church you're backslid from. We want want you to know we're not against you. We're for you. I said we're not against you. We are for you. Turn to three people and tell them we're for you. One of the greatest dimensions of a revival church is when it reaches a place in the Holy Ghost that the backslider coming back. They are welcome back. I know of churches a backslider shows up and a preacher will take off after them, knock them out. I mean do everything but cuss them out. I know of backsliders. One lady backslider was in a church. She got talked into going. She went. She obviously didn't look saved. The only person in the building didn't look saved. She sat right in the back couple hundred people in the service and the preacher saw her. When he got up, they said he started preaching and he started ripping on her, tearing on her. Got on her about her makeup and her cut hair and all the stuff she was wearing. She was the only one in the building and we understand all the teaching on that but she didn't have to be beat up. That's, that's just ridiculous. The story is he preached and preached for over an hour preaching on everything that he thought she was doing. She was the only one in that building. And when she left, she walked right out. The next morning, they found her. 
she had hung herself and committed suicide. It shook that preacher so much he turned his card in or his credentials and never preached another message. You may be holy. You may be mature. You may have never left church. But you better reel in your little arrogant spirit that would look down on. Look down on them. Walk by them. Stick your nasty nose up in the air. Some of you aren't saying amen. I'm going to preach to you. You better get over it right now. There's going to be people that are dressed just like us that are going to go to hell because they're full of gossip and slander and evil speaking. The church here. Turn to somebody and tell them the church is here. You can be seated. It's time for this church to get on fire. I know you're doing great, but I feel you're coming to another dimension. As I've already told you, you need to get on fire. You need to pull for a full gift of faith. You need to reach for more power of God. You need to be reaching more. Touch somebody say, we need to reach more. Come on, tell them we need to reach more. You need to teach more. You need to be searching and seeking for the lost and the backslider in time that the ends with four lessons on the new birth. There's got to be something in you that says, I'll teach one of the Bible studies. I'm not a preacher. I'm not even a lay preacher, but I'll teach a Bible study. I can teach Acts 2.38, John 3, 3 through 5, Acts 10, 44 through 48, Acts 19, 1 through 6. I can teach that. need a fresh vision for the lost in this city there's people in the city lost without God heaven is drawing them heaven is near and hell is hotter than ever everybody's going to go one place or the other 1 Thessalonians 1 and 2 Paul went on and said remembering without ceasing your work of faith everybody say work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. The church had three things. Number one, they had the work of faith. Number two, the labor of love. Number three, the patience of hope. My son, talk to him tonight. His wife texts me. She said, Dad, I just want to let you know Gregory's phone broke. It's got an apple on the screen. It's been there for two or three hours. It won't change. It won't do anything. His phone broke. He just moved into a new house. He got the third floor all done. He's never done carpentry work in his life. He just went in there and rolled his sleeves up and got to doing it. Got it all done. Last 14, 15 years, well, 15 years ago, starting two and a half years ago, he was backslid. I mean hard. He started to tell me stuff he did. I said, Gregory, stop. I don't want to know. He said, Dad, I just want you to know that, that God's changing me. I said, I can see it, but I can feel it. I can hear it. I don't want to know all the mess. I don't want to know what you did. And I felt good. I said, now, if you need to tell me, okay. He said, no, Dad, I just thought you'd want to know. I said, I don't want to know. I know you've been out there. I've been up many nights praying and scared. I won't even repeat what I've seen in the Spirit praying for you. I don't want to know, Gregory. All I know is... You're at your Uncle Bub's and you're going to church 
And that makes me happier than you can ever imagine. You'll never know. Then he moved to Indianapolis with his grandma and grandpa and his uncle and aunt. He went and he was going to church at Calvary. He'd call me, Dad, I went to church today. I'd say, thank God. Or I'd say, boom, shakalaka. That's what I'd say, man. I would never bring it up. I'd just say, yes, sir. That's good, Gregory. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Then he got his girlfriend. He went down to Memphis and seen her a few times. And then he asked her to marry her. Marry him. And he got married. And then... I got the call. Dad, hey, buddy, what's going on? Just want you to know something. I said, what's that? He said, I went to church this morning, and I got the Holy Ghost. Man, I was in the vehicle. I just put it on cruise, started kicking my feet, talking in tongues. What are you saying? I'm saying it was 15 years, but he made it back. He stayed alive. God kept him alive. I've come to tell you, if you're a backslider tonight, you're in church, and you need to get the Holy Ghost again tonight. Touch somebody and tell them, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. Verse 6, he goes on and says, and you became followers of us and of the Lord. Everybody say followers of us and of the Lord. So that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith that God word is spread abroad. Did you see it wasn't God pulling on them? He said it came from you. You were the one that spread it. It came out of you. You were the one that was an example. You were the one that was followers of us and the Lord. Everybody say, of us and the Lord. Followers of not only God, but also God's man. You can't walk with God and not walk with his man. Your walk with the man of God will reveal your walk with God. I'm going to say that again. You can't walk with God and not walk with his man. Your walk with the man of God will reveal your walk with God. For this cause, verse 13, he said, also thank we God without ceasing because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which is effectually worketh also in you that believe. Did you hear that verse? For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. I'm preaching to a backslider tonight. You need to take what I'm preaching to you as the word of God. I'm preaching to a leader that's offended and you're out of leadership right now. A choir member that's, out of, that's not in the choir, you're sitting right now. And I'm telling you, you need to get over your fence. You need to come and make it right with God. You need to make it right with your pastor. You need to admit to your wrong. Let God refill you with the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. amen. Come on, tell somebody Amen. Amen, there's nothing worth going to hell over, especially something stupid like somebody hurts your feelings. 
you got to be kidding me. You're going to go to hell because somebody wrongly represented you? Because somebody didn't talk to you? Because somebody didn't shake your hand? The devil's a lie. If you never shake my hand, if you never have me back to preach, I'm not going to be offended. Turn to somebody and tell them hell's going to be hot. And it's going to be forever. Tell somebody there ain't anything worth going to hell over. There ain't one thing. There ain't anything somebody does or doesn't do. Something somebody says or doesn't say worth backsliding and going to hell over. Submission has to be two ways. You have to submit yourself to them that have the rule over you. That means apostolic leadership, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. You have to submit to that. In the local church, the highest form of authority visible in the church is the man of God. You have to submit to that. And you've got a man of God that's kind and gentle and long-suffering and he's spiritual and he moves in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. You need to be thanking God, Zanesville, that Aaron Bounds showed up. somebody and tell them that's my man of God. I'm just going to say it now. I'm just going to say all these men of God, assistants, and all you men that are overseeing daughter works and things like that. It'd be a cold day in the devil's hell you'd ever cut me off from that pastor. I don't, listen. It don't matter if that church you're running gets to running 500 people. It'd be a cold day in a devil's hell that I'd ever get in a place where I wouldn't listen to my pastor. All right, I see some of you preachers ain't saying nothing. You better come on and listen to me. Hey, man, you may be running 500, 200, or you may be like a bunch of other ones that just want enough to get tithing so you can be full-time. Worthless. That's worthless, bunch of hogwash. Just start a church and pastor till you get full time and then throw the white flag in and surrender and quit. That's insanity. I mean, being a church city of 100,000, 50,000, 5,000, and you're content with 75, 80 people, just enough to make you full time, which means you're lazy. You're lazy is what you are. be something in you says I'm going to work while it is yet day for the night cometh when no man can work I'm not getting a lot of amens but it's alright I'm writing the Holy Ghost I got cold chills on me right now brother Gators I'm telling you right now I'll knock you in the head if you ever act crazy this pastor amen I got a little say so in you with the bishop's approval and I won't put up with none of that junk you can sing but anybody can sing you can preach, but anybody can preach. You've got to stay submitted. If he says jump, you just say how high. You don't ever say why. You just say how high you want me to go. If it's an inch, jump an inch. If it's a foot, do your best to jump a foot. Why would you do that? Because we don't want you to be a Demas. We don't want you to be a Demas. Come on, preacher. We don't want a Demas in Zanesville, Ohio. 
Everybody stand with me. Seven times in the New Testament, Paul said, I want you to follow me. 1 Corinthians 4 and 15, he cries out. For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers. The word 10,000 means a myriad of, an uncalculable number. And he tries to describe the number of angels. He said there were thousands of thousands times 10,000 times 10,000. Thousands of thousands. What's that? Thousand times a thousand. One million. He said there's a million angels. Times an innumerable, a, a, a number you can't count. 10,000. Times another innumerable number. He said you may have 10,000 instructors, which the word instructors means boy leaders. In the Greek, they were just basically in charge of making sure the kids went to school and they made sure they got their lessons done. Some even made sure they went to reset, what we would call recess. That's not your pastor. And Paul says, you may have 10,000 instructors, but you have not many fathers, for I have begotten you through the gospel. He was saying, when I preach to you the gospel message, the gospel is the seed, the church is the woman. And when he preaches the seed and the church is responsive to it, and you're saying amen, and he preaches again, you say amen, and you clap your head, you're responding back to the word of God. The word of God gets in your spirit. There's a spiritual conception that happens as the seed gets into your spirit. And then the church, who is the mother of us all, will give birth to children. Spiritual babies. I don't know how many we've had to get the Holy Ghost. I think the first night I, I prayed through three or four, and last night we had two or three. We had a couple, we had two get the Holy Ghost Sunday morning, and or one got the Holy Ghost Sunday morning, and three baptized. after any big number but I want you to understand this church isn't pregnant right now it's pregnant with children moms and dads it's pregnant with brand new people and whenever you get in the church you don't have many fathers look at somebody and say I ain't got but one daddy Here's your daddy. That's your daddy. Preacher went to Germany. Second night, a young man came to the preacher and asked, Do you remember me? He said, No, I don't think so. After giving him his name, he remembered.
And he said his grandmother lived two houses down from the church. The preacher's dad pastored and she was a very faithful member. She wouldn't let up. She just kept inviting her grandson until when he got old enough, he joined the military to get away from her and the church. But his first day in Germany on the base, he moved into his room. Already his roommate was in there unpacking his stuff. And he asked him, Hey, have you found a church yet? The young man said, No, have you? And he responded, Yes, I have. He said, what kind of church is it? The man responded, it's a United Pentecostal church. And the boy stood there in the military barracks shaking. And he said, my God, all the way in Germany, and there's a church here. Someone is about to cross paths with a backslider. A soul that ran to this city trying to get away from the church but the church is there it's a church with the spirit of the good Samaritan willing to pour the oil on your wounds bandage you up and care for you as you heal I've got good news for somebody the church is here believe the oneness of God God is Father, God is Son, God is Holy Ghost. Jesus is the Father, Jesus is the Son, Jesus is the Holy Ghost. There's but one God. We believe you must be born again. John 3, 3 and 5. And you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Or you cannot see the kingdom when you cannot enter the kingdom. How are we born again? The day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost fell. Peter stood up with the eleven and said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. When the day was done, there was over 3,120 were filled with the Holy Ghost the first day. Somebody said, well, the Holy Ghost is just for 12 disciples. That was wrong from day one. Mary, the mother of Jesus, got the Holy Ghost. Don't need to pray to Mary. If Mary could talk to you, she'd tell you, don't pray to me. Pray to Jesus. That's what I did. Come on, somebody. Acts 10, 44 through 48, the first Gentiles, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of their sins. They received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 19, 1 through 6, there were some people that believed in Jesus 30 years after the Calvary, and they never had heard, you must be born again. Religion was going on. They were just of those that believed in Jesus. Paul said, well, if you believed, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? We've not even heard 30 years later. And they're saying, we've not even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. 
He said, well, if you don't know about the Holy Ghost, how were you baptized? He said, oh, we're, we're baptized under John's baptism. They began to explain the word of God more perfectly to him. And when they got done, they were baptized again in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. And they all were filled with the Holy Ghost. What are you saying, Brother Godwin? I'm saying the church is still here. Reach over and grab somebody by the hand. Friday night it was a youth service in Oklahoma City which was just meant to have time to young people do the opening prayer and a young person would lead the singing somebody would get up and lead testimonies and there would be somebody preach a little sermon when they got done we'd all stand they'd pray and amen you're dismissed we'd leave and we'd go out and get something to eat and have fun never, never, never no altar call on youth service never this one night there was a young man named Randy that was there sitting right on the front row he was a backslider his mom and dad were in a fuss just a few years after the pastor had built the new building called him in the Holy Ghost told him and he called him in talked to him they denied they were having trouble within 30 days they backslid and Filed for divorce. Devastated my pastor. And the boys rode to church with my dad and mom and me and my brother. We were little. They were, oh, six, seven years older than us. We'd ride to church with them. But then they got 14, 15, 16. They quit coming to church. I was 18 years old. Randy came back to church. He was the disco disc jockey at after the Gold Rush Bar and Disco Club, huge, about as big as this probably. And the tales of everything he had done were crazy. But he sat right there on the front row next to me. Old Dole Wood got up and spoke to a little 15-minute sermon. No hallelujahs, no come on, say amen. Just went through his little thought, told his story, and had everybody stand. When he did, Randy started crying. Before Brother Doyle Wood could give the altar call, Randy just ran the last 10 feet, just run right to the altar screaming, Help! Help me, God! I mean, instantly the church threw it in gear. We went down and started praying. Before it was done, Randy's hands were up in the air. God had refilled him with the Holy Ghost. We were all hugging him and asking about Rick, his brother, and Rodney, his other brother, and talking to him and loving him. And a few minutes he broke away. He said, Greg, come with me. Went out the back door of the church in the back of the parking lot. His little Camaro, I think it was, had a brand new Camaro. He opened the trunk and said, Randy, what are you doing? He said, watch. He reached in and had a box full of Jack Daniels and whiskey and Everclear and vodka. He popped the top on him, and I watched him pour it all out right there on the cement. He put them in the box, took the box out, took it to the dumpster and threw it in. He had been gone for years. But when he came back, God refilled him. Come on, somebody. Grab somebody's hand next to you. I'm reaching for somebody. 
that needs the Holy Ghost. I put my life on the line. You got to have the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, we're none of His. God wants everybody to have the Holy Ghost. He filled 120 with it the first time. Mary, the mother of Jesus, got it. Peter, James, and John, Matthew, Luke, they all got the Holy Ghost. Come on, 3,000 more got it before the day set. The next day, another 5,000 got it. I got it. People in this church have got it. It's for everybody. It's for whosoever will. Let him come. Whoever's hands you got, would you make your way to this altar with them? Say, come on, let's go to the altar and pray tonight. Come on, bring them with you. Come on, come on, come on. Lift your hands as you're coming. Lift your hands, begin to worship the Lord. Come on, come on, come on, pray. Come all the way down, all the way down. Come all the way down. Everybody, come all the way down. Come on, singers. Come on. Come on, backslider. Come on, ma'am. It's for you. It's for you. For you. Come on, come on. It's for you. Lift your hands and just repent. God, forgive me of my sins. Come on, tell him, forgive me of my sins, Jesus. Forgive me, Lord. Come on, tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him, come on. Come on, somebody praise him. Somebody lift your hands and begin to praise him. There's room at the cross for you. somebody next to you. Millions are lost. Come on, come on, come on. Pray. Squeeze the hand you're holding. Pray for them like you want them to pray for you. There's room at the cross for you. That's it, ma'am. Just tell him you're sorry. We all had to do it. We've had to do it time and time again. Just tell him I'm sorry. Tell him I'm sorry. Yes, come on, come on, come on. somebody. Lift your hands, lift your head up. Get your head up looking through the ceiling. Come on. Lift your head up to him. Lift your head up and praise him. Come on, praise him somebody. Somebody in front of you, behind you needs a Holy Ghost. Come on, that's it. He's a forgiver of sins. Glory fills the house. Come on, that's it, that's it. Come on. What can separate me now? At the cross I bow my knee. Where your blood was shed for me. There's no greater love than 
she goes. There she goes, talking in tongues. That's him. Don't stop. Don't stop. the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. 